There are events that occur in history that are so impactful that we remember where we were when they occurred. It's been 15 years to this day that 9-11 occurred. And there's a good chance you remember that day very well, where you were, what you were doing. Like me, do you, and that, that, do you remember November the 11th of 1983? Probably not, but September the 11th, 2001, you remember. I was at the church office in, at Hopewell Baptist Church in Holton, Indiana. And the phone rang that morning and I was told an airplane had hit the World Trade Center. And in my mind, it was a small... Is that what you thought when you heard it the first thing? You're shaking your, I, I thought it was a little Cessna or something that hit the tower by accident. And I went on about my life. A few minutes later, the phone rang again. And it was another plane, and it was a big plane, and it was not good from what I was told, and I went home to turn on the news. I won't show you the video today. I've seen it enough. It's hard to watch. You know it well. And so from that day in history, we're going to talk about what we could learn as a result. Before we do that, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for being our God on good days and on bad days. Help us to glean what we can of truth from each and every incident of our lives. From that day, help us. Lord, thank you for each one here, not a coincidence, but an answer to your divine call. We just ask why you have us that you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A man hired some bushmen in Africa for a long journey. The first day after they all had their packs and the equipment to set out on the trek, they made really good progress. They went a long way, further than they imagined, and the man was excited for the first day. The second day he drove them hard again, and they went further and further through the jungle, and he was pleased. On the third day, he woke up to find his guides would not travel. They told him that they would not move. They were waiting for their souls to catch up with their bodies. <clears throat> Do you know the feeling? Waiting for your soul to catch up with your body. I know the feeling, and I'm sure you do as well. So that day, that Tuesday, 15 years ago, I remember feeling as if the world was changing in a way that I didn't like at all. I had flown two days before, September the 9th. I caught an early morning flight out of Atlanta to get back to Cincinnati to get to church at time that morning because I'd done a wedding on the 8th in Lawrenceville. And I didn't think about how much flight would change. If you've flown since September the 11th, 
you know how it has changed. I remember the first time going to the airport and I, I just watching the people undress in front of me and I didn't know what. I didn't know shoes and belts and all of those things, how it changed. History has changed. I thought about the innocent people that were killed. I remember how strong and strange it was when no airplanes flew over our house in Indiana. We were in the circling pattern for the Cincinnati airport. We'd sit on the deck and watch planes and for two days, and that had to be strange living in Atlanta. For two or three days, nothing. Nothing. So what are some lessons we can learn from that day that fetched up? Number one, it seems very obvious to be ready. Just to be ready to go. The morning of September the 11th, 2001, people boarded planes and people went to work and it was just another day, or so they thought. Little did they know it would have been their last day. The attacks killed 2,996 people and injured more than 6,000. 265 on the four planes. 2,606 at the World Trade Center and the surrounding area, and 125 at the Pentagon. Statistically, it would tell you some were ready to meet their maker. Some were not. I imagine none of them that day thought the end was near. They couldn't have. Many today, and I've been there in younger days, think that we're invincible. Remember that feeling? You can drive any old way you want to, do whatever you want to, because we were invincible. Scripture's very clear, we're not. Psalms 103, verses 15 and 16, says this about us. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he'd not permit his house to be broken into. You must also be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Those two scriptures tell us one of the ways we're going to go or the other. God's either going to come back or we're going to die. And you don't know which, but we do know we need to be ready. I heard this phrase this week, uh, and I thought it was very interesting. The man says, I wouldn't be caught dead without Jesus. <laughs> and I told him, I'm going to steal that from you. I wouldn't either. So, be ready. The second lesson, and, and this is just one that spoke to me. It, it might seem a little bit odd. Uh, but it is true nonetheless. Be thankful. Be thankful that you are okay. Be thankful that you have another day to live. Be thankful that God has given you breath. Habakkuk talks about being thankful and grateful no matter what. Look at chapter 3 of Habakkuk, verses 17 and 18. Even though the fig tree has no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, 
even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. This is a bad situation in the day of Habakkuk. Nothing to eat, nothing at all. But verse 18, even though, yet in spite, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. God encourages us as his people to be grateful and thankful no matter what. September the 11th is a no matter what kind of a day, isn't it? But we should be thankful for our life and for our blessing, for our loved ones, for our salvation. I've officiated three funerals this week, two on Thursday and one yesterday. And it does something to me. When I leave a funeral, I'm always thankful for the gift of life that I still have. It, it does something to me. Very often I will mention this at funerals to those that are still alive and still with a gift of time. I, I want to see Jeannie when, when I'm done with the funeral. Very often I'll call my son and I'll call my daughter. I want to talk to them. Even call my brothers and my sister. I, I just want to tell them that I love them. And often at funerals, uh, I said this yesterday to those standing there at the graveside at Arlington about the gift of time and how they ought to be thankful for it. I say something like this. I said, if you ever wonder about the value of a year, think about a soldier deployed overseas. And if you ever wonder about the value of a month, think about the mother of a premature baby. And if you ever wonder about the value of a week, think about a kid or a teacher on spring break. If you ever wonder about the value of a day, think about how much better a three-day weekend is than a two-day weekend. If you ever wonder about the value of an hour, think of an ambulance driver stuck on 285. If you ever wonder about the value of a minute, think about a quarterback in a two-minute drill. If you wonder about the value of a second, think about an Olympic athlete that either won a medal or misqualifying by a fraction of a second. Time is valuable. It is a wonderful gift that you have been given. And we need to be thankful for every moment that we have. So... Be prepared and be thankful. Another truth, and this is spiritually I'm talking about, because we're un always under attack, is to be alert. To be alert. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 tells us this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the plans of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the blessed prayer of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all things, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all this. It was evil that hastened the events of night evil that would do that to innocent people. And that evil is present every day of our lives. It was here before then, it was here then, it is here after then. 
not only attacking our nation, but attacking our families and our thoughts and our every moment if we are not prepared. Let me give you an example of how you need to be prepared. We had a death in our family this week. My truck died on Tuesday morning. I went to Publix to get my daughter some Gatorade. She was at home ill, and at our family, Gatorade cures any and every malady you might have. So we had to give her the Gatorade. And when I went back out, my truck would not stop. Of course. And so I had a little jumper cable, a little boost box, InstaBoost is what it's called, and I put it on the battery thinking, that would fix it, and it didn't. And so I left it hooked up thinking maybe it will charge over time. I'll get Ellen to come get me and I'll go get jumper cables and we'll come back. She came and got me and I left the little boost thing hooked up to my battery and I shut the hood and left thinking I'll come back and get it. 45 minutes later when I get back to Publix, there's a man standing by my truck and the hood is open. I think, why is he doing to, oh, the fireman. I don't know exactly what he was doing to my truck and it caught on fire. <laughs> and so I had a choice at that moment to let God be along with me on the journey or to say, God, you stay here in Ellen's car. I'm going to go deal with something. <laughs> don't we make those choices when things happen, when situations arise? And I was amazed at the that hit me in that moment. I went and thanked the fireman and the manager from Publix came out and I thanked him and a policeman came up and I thanked him. I called the insurance. I thanked them and the record driver came and I thanked him. You know, if I had to pull it here to the office behind the church, it would not have been good to chew out a record driver. Where do you want the car truck to go? First Baptist Church in San The adjuster came. I went to Enterprise and rented a truck. And I said, y'all catch people at their worst, don't you? Because I'd seen an example in front of me. I thanked them. They were so nice, they upgraded my truck because I was nice to them that moment. Had I not put on the whole armor of God, had I not thought about my salvation and the righteousness of God and thought about the truth and thought about the preparation of the gospel of peace, it might have been a different day, but it was a day that I needed to be aware of and alert and careful in. We have days like that, don't we? But God still expects us to be his children. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, it says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He was looking for me that day. Evil will always seek to destroy goodness, and we need to be alert. So be prepared, be thankful, be alert. And Mr. Hartsfield talked about this a moment ago. We need to pray, don't we? We need to pray. After 9-11, you recall the churches were a bit more crowded, weren't they? All over this great land. I recall seeing Congress on the steps of the Capitol, arm in arm, singing God Bless America. They don't seem to do that anymore. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 is so true. It tells us to rejoice always, to be thankful, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances, for that's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you want to live up to the will of God in your life, you need to be a person of prayer. And it's funny, and I'm just as guilty. Sometimes we, we increase our time in prayer for our nation at an election time or at the 4th of July, and then that's over with, and we wait for the next thing to remind us. I wonder if Christian people prayed as much as they complained about this world, how different it might be. And I'm talking today to, to me today. Prayer is such a wonderful weapon, such a wonderful tool that God has given us. And we all came into this place today with situations about our country, about our workplace perhaps, about our family, about our neighbors, whatever it is. Pray. Pray. Without ceasing. Let's pray together.